Thanks for listening to our Market Street podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more information, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Today is about gratitude, and boy, we really hope, I really hope that you come and eat some pie with us today after we're done here in, in a few minutes, but that's what it's about. It's about being grateful, and the scriptures teach us about being grateful everywhere, all through the, the letters of Paul and in the Gospels of, of Jesus, it teaches us about, about gratitude. But, you know, you know, I want to do you a favor. That's really what I want to do for the, just, just, just for a minute here. I just want to do you a favor and, and give you, you know, some things for you to take to your Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday or lunch or whatever time you, you know, have this big old meal on the, you know, spread and, and eat your turkey. So I want to do you a, a favor. So first thing I want to to do is this is why did the turkey cross the road because it was thanksgiving and he wanted people to believe there was a chicken what is a turkey's favorite dessert anybody know peach gobbler peach gobbler yeah yeah why do pilgrims pants always fall down because they wear their belts on their hats you ever seen that it's i don't know why they do that i'm not sure why did the turkey, what, what did the turkey say to the computer? Google, Google. What did the turkey say to the turkey hunter on Thanksgiving Day? Quack, quack. What sound does a limping turkey make? Wobble, wobble. I got more. We're, we're good. <laughs> what kind of music did the pilgrims listen to at the first Thanksgiving feast? Plymouth Rock. I'm just enjoying the awkwardness of this. I, you're feeling bad for me, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing just fine. I'm, I'm okay. You're like, why is he still doing it? Okay. If pilgrims were alive today, what would they be known for? Their age. If they are still alive today. Of course they would be known for their age. You'll get it later. You'll get it later. <laughs> what do you call a turkey on the day after Thanksgiving? Lucky. Lucky. And the last one, why did the farmer have to separate the chicken and the turkey? He suspected foul play. You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. I'll, yeah, yeah. Thursday, you can t take these. I'll email them to you if you want. Or you can simply Google Google them. Did you know that a ham showed up today on Thanksgiving Sunday? That's weird, isn't it? That's me, the ham. Get it? Uh-huh, the ham. I'm a real ham. I, do you want me to keep going? Because I can, I got all, no, 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 no. Boy, I think that maybe like one, there was like 10 of those jokes. I think maybe one landed for you, I think is about, is about it. Not, not that great, not that great. But that's really the, the, the what the, this story is about. It's about, uh, there were, and I'll just read it to you. It's in Luke 17. He says that while he was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So you got to imagine these ten men that have leprosy. Uh, if you don't know anything about leprosy, it's a nasty, terrible, disgusting a gross disease. It was. It was. It. It would cause just tremendous amount of pain. It would. It would deteriorate the the body literally, and not to be too graphic, but limbs would fall off 
uh, a person's body. They were declared unclean. And, they, and because they were declared or as a result of being declared unclean, they were removed from their homes. They were removed from their families. And they would you know, have to live outside of the, of the city gates. You know, and, and, uh, you know, and, and in their misery... And in their pain, you know, many of them would just come together. You know, that's what that would have, you know, misery and, and pain would be shared amongst them. And so here in this story, we see Jesus who walks into this village. And they, as he walks into this village, there's these ten men with leprosy crying out to him, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Recognize that we have this terrible disease. Recognize that we've been, you know, removed from our families, removed from our homes. Have mercy on us. And then it says that when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to to the priest. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Jesus told them to go and show themselves to the priest because the priest had to declare them clean. If a priest declared them clean, they could be then restored and brought back into their family again. And so Jesus said, listen, I, you know, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they were going, it says that they were, they were cleansed. Jesus did, uh, did a miracle here. Jesus did something for them in that, in that moment. And it says that now one of them, remember there was 10, right? Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, so as they're all heading to the priest, one of them saw that he was healed because it took faith for them, which, which always is a requirement for us. If, if you want God to do something incredible in your life, if you want God to bring about restoration or healing in your life, that you need to somehow, in some way, form, take that step of faith. It, that means just to trust God in the circumstance, trust God with the situation, hand it over to, to God and say, God, I can't do this. I can't fix this. I can't make this right. I can't, you know, recover this. I can't change this situation. So God, I'm giving this situation to you. That's trust. God, I'm turning it over into your, putting it into your hands. That's trust. These 10 men with leprosy, they probably tried everything. They try, tried, tried everything to, you know, restore their, themselves, but they couldn't do it. And so they, they recognized Jesus for who Jesus was. They called him master. They called him Lord. They, they said that you're the one that's in charge of, of all of these diseases. You're the one that can, you know, transform any difficult situation. So here's, we're giving this to you. But they had to take a step of faith. They had to walk and, and head towards the priest, trusting that, trusting that, that, that they were going to be healed. And they were. And then one, one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a, with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet. Look what it says. Giving thanks. He fell, which was, if you're, if you're that person, you're going to do the same. If you're that person that had experienced healing from this terrible disease, you, you should do the, do the same. You, and this, what this, this man did, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet and he gave thanks to him. And it says that he was a Samaritan, which 
if you, if you, you know, know a little bit about the Bible, you know that the Jews and the Samaritans, they didn't really get along all that well. And, and the Jews, you know, viewed the Samaritans as, as unclean people, you know, and they, and they treated them as they were not as humans, but they treated them like they were animals. I mean, that, that's just sort of the dynamic. But Jesus is giving this picture that a Samaritan recognized the fact that he was healed, recognized the fact that he was given a gift, and as a result of the gift, he wanted to give thanks to the giver. As a result of what he experienced from Jesus, he, he, he decided, you know what, I'm not going to the priest, I'm going back to the one who healed me. I don't need a priest to tell me that I'm clean, I'm going back to the one who made me clean. And he was a Samaritan. And then it says, it says in verse 17, Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? Like Jesus is like, now he's focusing on the fact that, Wait a minute, there are ten of you. Why are you the only one that turned around? Why are you the only one that experienced being healed and cleansed? Why are you the only one? Weren't there, weren't there ten of you? But... The nine, where are they? Where's their gratitude? Where's their appreciation? He says, in verse 18, he says, Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? He says in verse 19, he says, And he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, there's a few things here that I want us to look at. A few things. Re- reason why this one man was grateful. He was grateful because of God's providence on him. He was grateful because of God's providence on him. And that word providence means that there was this foresight of God, that God was going to recognize that there was a need, that recognize that somebody had a need, and that he was going to show up for them. He was going to be there for them. He was going to put himself in a situation, in a, in a place where he was going to make it right. He was going to restore. He was going to heal. He was going to cleanse. This is the kind of God that we have. We have a God who is accessible to us. We have a God who is available to us. We have a God who is very real God who will show up providentially in any and every circumstance that you find yourself. That's the kind of God. He could, Jesus could have went into any village Jesus could have went another direction, but instead he chose to pass through, you know, between, you know, Galilee and Samaria. And he went into this, in, into this village where these ten leprous men were, and, and, and he healed them. And it was God's providence on him that made him grateful. That God could have chose to go any other direction, any other way, but instead God chose to show favor, God chose to show love and kindness to these guys. Even knowing that nine out of ten of them wouldn't be grateful. Even knowing that nine out of ten of them wouldn't turn back and fall on their faces at his feet and give him thanks, even though he deserved that, even though he earned that, even though he should get all the glory for that, he knew that. But yet God in his providence showed up for them. And I just want you to know that God in his providence will show up for you. 
that God is accessible and God is available to every one of us. And the other thing why this guy was grateful is because God paid attention to him. God paid attention to him. God said, listen, I see you. I recognize you. I know what you're dealing with. I know what you're going through. Listen, he sees you. Can I just say that? He sees you. He's aware. He's in tune. He knows. As a matter of fact, when he was talking about worry, he was talking about anxiety one time, and people were anxious about things, and I don't know about you, but we all have things that we're anxious about and things that we worry about. You know what he said? He goes, you know how, you know these, these sparrows, you know these birds? He says, I even provide, I even take care of the birds. He says, I even know that when one sparrow falls from the sky, anybody remember this? Remember this? He says, I remember, I even know, I'm even aware of when one sparrow falls, this, falls from the sky. He says, if I'm aware of how a bird in the air, when the bird of the air falls from the sky, I'm aware of your situation. I'm paying attention to what's going on with you. And the enemy will tell you, no, 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 he's not listening. No, 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 he's not paying attention. No, he's got bigger things to do. He's got bigger fish to fry. He's got too many other things he's got going on in this world to care enough for your deal. But I, got, I just want to tell you the truth right now. I just, I just want you to hear the truth right now. He cares about your deal. As big of a deal or as small of a deal, he cares about your thing. He's paying attention to you. The other thing that I was grateful for was this. God's power to heal him. He's paying attention. He's grateful for the God's power to heal him. That God has the power to change a situation. God has the power to rework a bad thing. God has the power to heal. That's what God has the power to do. And he's grateful for, he gives thanks to Jesus for the fact that he has the power to heal. Now, those three things are, I hope, are real, real things in your life. Real things in your life. That you know that God will providentially meet you where you're at. That I hope that you know that God is paying attention to what you're going through and what you're experiencing in this life. And just like he's aware of when a bird falls from the air, he's aware of your situation. And, and I hope you, you are grateful for, just like this one man who turned around, I hope you're grateful for the fact that God has the power to change anything in your life. That God has the power and the ability and the might to change it all. That God, wherever it is that you think, man, I, I just, I want this to be better. I want this to have life. I want this to be good. God has the power to do that. God has the power to do that. And what this guy became is what you and I are all now considered to those who put their faith in Jesus. Now, I know we live in a culture in a day where this sort of sounds like, oh, this isn't me. This is not who I am. This is more this is probably closer to what you do, Pastor Chris. You know, this is, this is your thing. But listen, here's the reality. I'm going to prove it to you. This is what this guy became. He's, he was told, go present yourself to the priest. And as he's heading towards the priest, he realized that he was healed. And he turned back around. He says, I don't need a priest. I'm going to the source. I don't need somebody to be a mediator for me. I'm going to the one who actually can change 
everything. I don't need somebody to step in between me and God anymore. I can now go directly to God himself. And he's paying attention to me, and he's powerful enough to change. Listen, and you know what those people are called, and this is what you are if you put your faith in Jesus. He became a priest. He became a priest. He says, I don't need a priest. I am a priest. A priest's job was to go to God, to be the mediator, to go to God for the people. But listen, when you put your faith in Jesus, you became a priest. Peter tells us this. Here's what Peter says about it in 1 Peter 2.5. You also, who's you? You. You also, as living stones. So Peter's given a different analogy than Paul would give. We've been, if you were here with us the last few weeks, we've been talking about how we're like the body. You know, Paul would use the human body as a picture, as an illustration of how we are, you know, the body of Jesus. Well, Peter uses a different analogy. Peter uses like a building to describe this. Peter uses like a house to describe this. He says, you and I are like this house that's being built up, and each one of us are like living bricks or living stones. He says, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy, look what he says, for a holy priesthood. That you and I together are like individual bricks. So if you look at the walls, you can see like you're an individual brick. That's something that's being built up to be representation to a broken world, to be a priest in a broken world, to be, to be somebody that now has access to a holy God. And he says to offer up spiritual sacrifices because that's what priests did. They offered up spiritual sacrifices so before, aren't you glad we live in a new covenant, not the old covenant? The old covenant, man, church was messy. It was messy. The old covenant in, in the Old Testament, if you read your Old Testament, priest's job were to sacrifice animals. Aren't you glad, you know, that we just have some juice and some cracker that we can partake of, that you don't have to show up with your lamb, you know, and I don't have to, like, with, with my, you know, my OCD and, you know, my germaphobe nature have to sacrifice an animal for you? Like, I am so glad. Like, this is nice carpet. We wouldn't want this carpet to be messy in that way. So we have a new way that we sacrifice. The priest sacrificed animals in that time. But once Jesus was sacrificed, it says that he was the one and final sacrifice for us all. That's why we have communion. That's why we have the Lord's Supper. We have the juice and we have the cracker, which represents the one and final sacrifice. His broken body and his shed blood. And now we, we offer spiritual sacrifices, which is acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So what are those? I know that's what you're sitting here wondering. What are those now that we have been, you know, given a, a role, which is what this man was given. He was healed. He was cleansed. He turned back. He fell on his face at the feet of Jesus and he decided, you know what, I don't need a priest. I am a priest now. I can now have access to God. So as a result of what God has done for me, I am going to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. This is the spiritual sacrifices that the Hebrew writer tells us what they look like. Here's what the Hebrew writer says that we are to do as priests. Through him then, through him then, so through Jesus... Through a relationship with Jesus, 
let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips that give thanks to his name. So the, f- the first responsibility as a priest and what this guy did once he recognized that he was healed, once he recognized that he was cleansed, this guy turned around and he gave praise, he gave thanks to Jesus. And this is the first thing that you and I ought to do, recognizing the fact that you have been healed and I have been healed, you have been cleansed and I have been cleansed through him, through Jesus. Do you know this, right? Right? Did you know that leprosy is a picture of sin? That leprosy starts out small. And a little bit of leprosy, as it begins to grow, it begins to grow and it begins to spread. And then as it spreads, it begins to deteriorate. And then ultimately it brings about death. Did you know, did you know that that's the nature of sin? That the nature of sin can start out small. But as it begins to grow, it's going to begin to spread. And as it begins to spread, it's going to start to deteriorate things. It's going to start to deteriorate relationships. It's going to start deteriorating your decision-making, your wisdom, and your choices that you make in your life. It's all going to begin to deteriorate those things. And eventually, sin brings about death. It brings about death. Jesus came along. Stay with with me. Jesus came along, and he healed us by faith in him. Jesus came along and said, I'm going to take your sin which is a picture that looks like leprosy. I'm going to take it, and I'm going to heal you from it. I'm going to cleanse you from it. You can be restored from it. It's going to take a little bit of faith on your part, just like those ten guys had to go and present themselves to the priest before they were actually cleansed. It's going to take a little bit of faith on your part, but ultimately a little bit of faith is going to cleanse your life, and you're going to be restored to God, and therefore now... For now and eternity have access to a holy God. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, you can clap for that. That's worth clapping for. As a result of that, he says this. I'm, my job as a priest is to offer spiritual sacrifices. My job as a priest is to offer sacrifices. And the sacrifice, according to the Hebrew writer, is this. To give praise to God which is the fruit of your lips that give thanks to his name. Now, just for the sake of time, there's hundreds of names for Jesus. There's hundreds of names for God. There's there's all these different names. All these names represent his character. All these names represent who he is and, and what he has done and what he can do for you. I just want to give you a few quickly. I wish I had more time, you know, to dive into this, but we got pies waiting for us, so we got to get down, okay? But I wish we had more time, but listen, here's, I just want to give you a few, and it's, it's, it's Christmas is right around the corner, right? So I want to show you Isaiah 9, Isaiah, Isaiah 9, oh, there you go. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Now, if you have any reason to praise, give the fruit of your lips to give thanks to his name, his name, one of his names is Wonderful 
counselor. Wonderful counselor. Who doesn't need a counselor, right? I mean, we all need a counselor in our life. We all need somebody. That word counselor, you know what that word counselor means? That word counselor means comforter. Comforter. That he is a wonderful comforter to you. He's one who will, who will make himself accessible to you and available to you. So whatever it is that you need advice on or counsel on or wisdom on, guess what? Jesus has it for you. It's worthy to give praise, give thanks, give thanks to his name. Why? Because he's a wonderful counselor. He's a wonderful comforter to us. And then it goes on and says this, that he's mighty God. He's mighty God. In other words, anything that, is, that needs to be renewed, anything that needs to be restored, anything that needs to be redeemed, anything that needs to be fixed, guess what? He's mighty enough to do that for you. He's mighty God. Anything in your life that's broken, he's in the business of fixing it. Because why? Because he's strong. He's mighty. He's got tremendous strength. He's powerful. So whatever it is, whatever it is that's broken, he can fix it. That's worthy of giving praise to his name. What do you think? Yeah, he's wonderful counselor. He's mighty God. He's eternal father. Come on, come on, come on. Think about this, think about this. What that means is this, that he is the father of eternity. He's the founding, and here's what they would use. They would use that word father to describe that he was the originator. He was the originator. He was the first. So he is the founding father. This is what the way that this is described to Jesus is, his name. He's the founding father of eternity. Wow. Imagine this, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Isn't it amazing to know that when you put your faith, a little bit of faith in Jesus, that you can know what it means to have eternal life? That death for you and death for me just becomes a doorway into eternity where he is and that you're going to be with him and those who have gone ahead of us who put their faith in Jesus that you can go and be there with him that your perspective can be an eternal perspective that means that every single day you don't move further away from your loved one that has passed on that you move closer to that loved one who has passed on you're not moving further away you're moving closer because that's the way that God made us he made us he set it in our hearts for what to have and to know eternity what does that mean that God has placed in our lives the need and the desire for something more and guess who something more is something more is Jesus he's more and he's the eternal father he is the founding father for eternity and your perspective ought to be an eternal perspective this life not eternal this life is temporary and because this life is temporary, because this life is brief, we can know that this is just the start. Hear me, hear me. This is just the start for us. This is not the end. This is only the beginning for the potential that we were all created as eternal beings 
eternal beings. And eternity has a place for you where he is. And it happens by faith in Jesus that's worth giving thanks, isn't it? It's worth giving thanks. And the last one is just because of time, but there's hundreds of them. He's, he's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. I don't know about you, but man, I'm like the Archduke of Anxiety. But he is the Prince of Peace. Whatever it is that you worry about, whatever it is that gives you anxiety, whatever it is that brings you fear in your life, whatever it is that you lose sleep over and you can't continue to find rest, listen, listen. He is the Prince of that peace. That peace that you need in that internal turmoil. He's the, pre, the peace that will give you. The peace that passes, according to Paul, a peace that passes all understanding. He's that. Boy, give thanks to his name. You're a priest. It's a spiritual sacrifice. Praise him for who he is. Praise him. He is wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. He's eternal father. He's the prince of peace. With your lips, give thanks. With your lips, give thanks. It's a spiritual sacrifice, priest. All right, here's another one. Back to Hebrews 13, verse 16. And do not neglect doing good and sharing. So he says, as a priest, this man became a priest. He turned around and he said, I don't need a priest to go and declare me cleansed. The one who cleaned me, the one who healed me, I'm going back to him and I'm going to put my face on the ground and I'm going to give thanks to him because he's my healer, because he's wonderful counselor, he's mighty God, he's eternal father, and he's prince of peace. I'm giving thanks to his name. But the Hebrew writer says, not, not just giving thanks to his, his name, but the Hebrew writer's telling us, hey, hey, you know what else you can do as a priest? You can do not neglect doing good and sharing for such sacrifices God is pleased with you. So here's what you should do. Here's what we all should do, okay? We all should, we all should, as a result of the fact that we're priests, we all should Give up or, or be willing to share the things, do good, and share some of the things that are most valuable commodities. We should, as a result of the fact that we were healed, that we were cleansed, we should share and do good. That's what he tells us to do. So what are our most valuable commodities? Well, here's the first thing. We should share money. Share your money. So here's what we're going to help you do. Here's what we're going to help you do. This Christmas, every Christmas really, over the last few years, we have what we call a baby pantry. A baby pantry. We support somewhere around 20 families in this community that come to our church and they, they get diapers and wipes and clothes and formula and, 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 and you, toys. I mean, you should go down and check it out. It's, it's amazing. It's an amazing opportunity for us. We don't have any expectations other than we just want to love them. We just want to care for them. We, we encourage them to come to church. We invite them to church. But, you know, if they don't come, we, don't, we still give them diapers. And we still give them wipes. And we, still, we, just, we just love them. Why? Because we're called to love. We're called to do good. And we're called to share. So you can, if you want, this is up to you. This is your choice. You can help in overwhelming these 20 families 
with diapers and wipes and formula. You can be a part of this. And we'll have, as you walk out, before you head downstairs to eat some pie, you can grab a sheet off of a table right outside, and you can have that family. You can be the, a, a person that supports that family. It will have the diaper sizes. It will have, you know, what, what kind of wipes to buy. It will have all these things. And if you so are inclined, buy a present, buy a toy for a kid, for, for the, one, the kids. They'll have the age, the names, and the ages on there. So you can do this as a priest. You can share your money by, by supporting a family this Christmas. Now, you don't have to just do that. You know what else you could do? You could like, I don't know, go to a restaurant and you could buy a meal for somebody. You could just see a table and go, I'm going to pick up that check. Or, or, or you could, if you're in a drive-thru and you can say, I got the car behind me. I'm going to pay for the car behind me. And you're like, oh, man, they had like a family of 18, I felt like, in that car. And the bill is like, hey, you know what? It happened providentially. God wanted you to pay for a family of 18. You just randomly, that's what providence is. It's about, it's about being random about, hey, I'm just going to pay for that, that meal. I'm going to pay for that car behind me. I'm going to just do whatever I can to be generous. I don't know. Go to a business in this local area and just drop off a box of coffee and a, and a dozen donuts. How about do something like that? How about, just, how about just share some of your money and say, you know what? God has given me more than what I could even ask for. God has graced me with so much that I want to, in turn, bless somebody else. That's what this is about. So share your money. You can do that through our baby pantry. And you're going to just bless the socks off of these families. But you got to do that. I'm telling you. And what that does for you and what that does for your heart, oh, my gosh, it's transformation. Share your time. What if you shared your time? Oh, I got an idea. I got an idea. I know how you can share your time. We invited, <laughs> we invited hundreds of kids to our church on December 14th. You say, why? Because we want to serve our community. We want to we just offer a service for families who may need you know to have not their kids with them and so that they can go out and go shopping or stay at home and spend time on Amazon or 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 just wrap gifts or or just maybe even the family just go out on a date or so I don't know it doesn't matter what matters is this you can help us by serving our community and you can give some of your time and volunteer at this particular event. This is just doing good. It's doing good and it's sharing. It's sharing our most valuable commodities, our money and our time. The other thing you can do is you can share your freedom. You can share your freedom. You say, what does this mean? How do I do this? Here's what, you, here's what we're going to do. This is all these things that we're offering this Christmas. Baby pantry needs. Jingle jam so that kids can come and we can just hang out with them and do a service for our community. And we can also share your freedom. And sharing your freedom is this. We want to support an organization 
that provides shelter, provides home care for two years to adult women who were trafficked, who were, who were coerced, who were you know, taken into slavery, rescued from that slavery. And this organization, Hope Against Trafficking, which is, by the way, it's a local community, not too far from here, organization. They, they provide home homes for this, these women so that they can get back into society, so that they can you know, recover physically, they can recover emotionally. They can recover and try to figure out how to get, go out back into the world and get jobs. And so what we're going to have you do, listen, this is not a, this is not a we're going to now take an offering for this. This is, no, 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 here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to share your freedom. And by sharing your freedom, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go, every, every person that you invite, every person that you invite for Sunday before, uh, the, the, the Sunday of Christmas, which is, ah, the 22nd, I don't know. The, what is it? 22nd. The Sunday of Christmas and Christmas Eve. Every person that you invite, the church will pay, will put $5 towards every person that you invite. The church will cover it. This is not you. We don't, we're not asking you to write a check. If you want, we'll take it. But we're asking you to simply do this. We're asking you to simply invite. Invite a guest to come Sunday before Christmas or Christmas Eve or both. And every person that is invited, we will send out, we will write a check for $5 for every person that you invite to this organization. And we'll make sure that we bless them and we'll make sure that they're encouraged by that. But listen, this puts it on us. What? To do what? To share. And to do good. To share and to do good. Why? Because we're priests. And priests offer up spiritual sacrifices. And we give thanks to his name. And we do good. And we share. So as I close, I just want you to understand this. Be God's providence. Be God's providence. Be providential for somebody. Be, pay attention to people. Pay attention to what's going on. Pay attention to where your needs are. And you have the power, you have the power to meet a need. It's in your hands, it's in my hands, it's in our hands. You have the power to meet a need. And the last thing, just like those 10 guys who were cleansed with leprosy, God's looking for 100% participation. He's not looking for one out of every 10 of you are going to do this. Right? No, he's looking for... 100% participation. He wanted, hey, where are the other nine? I don't want to ask that. I don't want to go, where are the other nine? I mean, come on, these are awesome things. Baby pantry, jingle jam. Doesn't it sound fun, jingle jam? It sounds fun. And hope, hope for those, hope for those who need a place of rescue. That's what we're offering. So, 100% participation. Let's pray. Father, I pray, Lord, that all of us, all of us, decide to participate. Not just one out of 10 of us, but all of us out of the heart of gratitude 
out of the heart of just giving thanks to your name because of who you are. God, that we are just going to give you praise, give you thanks, but we're also going to do good. And we're also going to share our most valuable commodities, our, our time, our money, our freedom. These are the things that we have that are most valuable. And we want to be people, your people, priests, holy priesthood, that offer up spiritual sacrifices. And we want to share. And I pray, Lord, that each one here participates 100%, 100% of them. Lord, thank you for the time. Pray, Lord, that you'd bless our, our time as we go down and are just grateful, grateful for who you are. Eat some pie and enjoy each other's time and fellowship together. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hope to see you downstairs.